Hey guys, welcome back to Pucks and Pages. My name is Steven. You just heard my wife, Liberty. We're a podcast where we try to get our significant other interested in our hobbies. Steven is the sports enthusiast in the house, and I am the book nerd. So let's try to figure out if we can make the other person like what we like. And this week, we're going to do it a little differently since there's so much new stuff coming out in the world of sport. We're going to break it up and do two episodes this week. Sports first on Tuesday, books second on Thursday. Yeah, we felt like kind of changing it up. With our episodes, it seemed like everything was kind of being stretched out really, really long and very mix-mashed all over the place, so. Well, and now that sports are starting to come back, it seems like a good time to break it up into two different episodes. Yeah, thank goodness sports are back. We're not dependent on just books anymore. Well, sports are kind of back. Right now, it seems like we mostly just have soccer. Soccer, soccer, and more soccer, and then we're losing a little bit of soccer this past week as well, so it's just get taking some new sports in from different worlds of the leagues, and then losing a couple leagues throughout as well. And this week the MLS started their new tournament, correct? Yeah, the MLS is back tournament. Who is so excited stupid. about that great name? So stupid. Uh, somebody somewhere got paid way too much money to come up with that very lackluster creativity. Yeah. So do you have some sports scores for us? Yeah, so um, it started off on the 8th of July with Orlando against Miami, a little bit of a battle of Florida, you mm-hmm. know, and that ended up being 2-1 to one, Orlando winning uh, the first game of all the group stages. So kudos to Orlando winning the first game back in the MLS, you know. And then the big upsets, honestly, there were two of them. It was the New York Red Bulls beating Atlanta FC. Atlanta FC has been one of the more dominant teams since they've been created in the MLS. So it wasn't The New York Red Bulls? Yeah, can you tell there's a little sponsorship there on that roster name? Okay. Um, But yeah, New York Red Bulls uh, beat them one to nil with an early goal in the first half, and they more or less just held on to it. The goalie for the New York Red Bulls definitely earned his paycheck based on the highlights from that game. Atlanta was firing off shots all over the place, and the goalie held it down to nil. So did a very great job. And then we had the battle for Ohio, Columbus versus Cincinnati. Since the two teams have been in the league, it's been a big rivalry. It's not quite like Yankees, Red Sox, but they, they definitely don't like each other too much. Columbus came out with a bang. The Columbus crew, they scored 4-0 with the victory. So four goals over Cincinnati. And then for the Premier League, what scores do we have? Too many. Lots and lots and lots and lots of scores. There were a couple big games that Manchester City had. I know we don't like talking about Manchester City too often here, but they won two games by five. One of them wow. against my team, which which was quite disappointing. And then the next game, they did that too. So you beat a 5-0 to Newcastle, and then they also had a 5-0 victory over Brighton. So that's good kudos to Manchester City. They're getting in a rhythm, but it's a little too much too late, I guess, is the best way to put it, because Liverpool obviously already clinched the championship. Right. And then we also had some pretty big victories for your team. Manchester United had some good wins this week. Uh, you guys defeated Aston Villa 3-0 to with goals by Fernandez, Greenwood, and Pogba. Definitely for that P. 
PK that Fernandez earned. Myself and most of the world probably agree that that was a pretty soft rewarded penalty. He Careful. stepped he stepped on the defensive player and then got a penalty against the defensive player. He might have hurt his cleat. Yeah, he cleaved the heck out of that man's ankle and then <laughs> fell over. And even after VAR review, they still awarded the penalty kick. And I don't know who that team is. Personally, my opinion would be they probably should get some reprimanding because that was an awful call, both yeah. on the VAR and on the referees on the pitch. Greenwood, who's one of the newer players you guys' team, um, is playing really, really well lately. He's had a goal in three of his last four appearances for your team, so he's definitely stepping up his game lately. And his strike, honestly, one of the top goals of the week in my mind, came mm-hmm. from way outside of the box. Just an absolute missile. He just yeah. buried it into the back of the net, so... You have an upcoming match this week against Southampton, which Southampton is, you know, middle-of-the-road team. Could be good. Could be a bad game. We we don't really know. Kind of up there, you know, when it comes to that. And then we'll swing around to the other disappointment with my team again, Newcastle (laughs) United. We gave up two penalty kicks. Uh, Both of them well-deserved, sadly. (laughs) Can't argue that they weren't. And it hurts me as a Newcastle fan to say that we lost to Watford 2-1. A little bit disappointing. Where on the table are Watford? I I don't actually know off the top of my head. I know that... That they're either middle or low portion on the table, I would imagine, okay. is usually where they sit. So we were definitely expected to win this game and need the points to get into the top 10 to really start to bring in that purse from the Premier League for the season. So it was uh, a little hurt, hurtful to see two L's in one week's time. So. Yeah, no. But that's about all that we have for scores, really. There wasn't too many upsets in the Premier League to really discuss. The teams that were meant to win most of the games won their games, and the teams that weren't supposed to lose their games as miserably as they did were discussed. So. Mm-hmm. Then let's move on to the news in sports, and there's a lot since the last time we recorded. My list, however, is about 90% NHL, so you'll have to fill me in on the rest of the leagues. All right, well, since you have 90% NHL, maybe that's where we start, so I'll let you take it away. So the NHL training camp starts July 13th, and they've already got dates for return to play, starting with the qualifiers on August 1st, and it looks like our team's have the same schedule for the qualifiers so that's a good and bad thing I guess. Yeah a bunch of odd days and then one even day at the very end if we have to play the fifth game so. Yeah yeah well a lot of the people who follow the Pittsburgh Penguins really want them to play out to the fourth game because then Sid plays on his birthday and he is such a superstitious man that everyone thinks that he would just go hard on that game. Yeah, some like a lot of the silly comments that I was reading about it were like, seven goals and eight assists. It's like, right. probably not realistic. No. But, you know, it's the first time in a long time that Crosby would be able to play on his birthday. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, considering this is usually the off-season, right. uh, don't really play a lot of hockey at that point. And they've got dates for the top pick being drawn for the draft, and that's on August 10th, with the actual draft slated for October 9th and 10th, which would be about a week after the Stanley Cup is over if they have to play out to the end of uh, all seven games. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then the other big news of the week that they kind of had was the CBA approved with an amazing vote for the salary cap to stay in place and the current agreement standard of 502 to 135. So, you know, there's still a lot of people that didn't necessarily agree with the CBA, but a vast majority going, yeah, we're good. Yeah, they want to keep it at the $81.5 million cap, which is a ridiculous amount of money to think about not related to sports, but of course sports are expensive. Realistically, if you're looking at it, when it comes to like salaries of other major sporting teams in the world, it's really not that much right, as a cap right. for $81.5 million. Like, you know, the Yankees on an average year spend close to almost $200 million on their you know, salaries, so... Freaking ridiculous. Yeah. But this came in as a part of their agreement that extends through, I think, the 25-26 season? Correct. And part of it was an agreement that the NHL players were going to go back to the Winter Olympics, which... In 2022, yeah. 2022 and 2026, which is definitely exciting. You know, having NHL players play at the Olympics is something that in years way back in the past wasn't a thing. There we go all the way back to... you know, the amazing American team that, you know, do you believe in miracles? Right. You right. know, so they they were a bunch of kids that came up through the programs but weren't allowed to be professional players at that point in time. So having that high-level talent at the Olympics is going to be very interesting as always. Right. And another thing that came from the CBA, if I was reading this correctly, is that it had a rule in there saying that unsigned draft prospects can't play in the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah. And that they're allowed to sign entry-level contracts but just not play in the Stanley Cup. They'd have to start when the official 2020 season would begin. Right, and so that was to cut back on, like, obviously, if you got a high pick or a higher pick in the first round of this year's draft, that if you were playing in the Stanley Cup for the championship, you couldn't just be like, hey, we just signed him. He can come play with us right now, you know? And then the last bit of NHL news that I have is the Devils replaced their coach Nazradine who knows if I said that correctly, with a guy named Ruff. Yeah, so Lindy Ruff is a pretty solid coach over the years. You know, between his NHL, AHL years, he most recently was the head coach of the Dallas Stars. About a few seasons back, he left, and then they hired a coach and fired a coach, and then now have hired another coach. It's been a little bit of a disaster here in Dallas with the Stars coaching staff, but... right. Lindy Ruff will definitely bring seniority and he really does drive a hard work ethic. And I think that the New Jersey Devils being a younger team will respond well to that. They mm-hmm. they really needed that little push of a tougher coach and a very strategic coach to get that team to kind of fire on all gears. Right. So I definitely think it's a good addition for Toronto. I don't know that it's going to be an immediate fix. I'm hoping they give him a few years to kind of work out the kinks. Cause, for Toronto? I mean, for New Jersey. I'm hoping that they give him a few years in New Jersey so that he has the opportunity to work out the kinks that that team has and just uh, solidify the overall team. Right, yeah. The coach definitely plays a role in how everyone sort of meshes together on their lines, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens coming out of this uh, weird little freeze we've had. Yeah, and like you, who has 90 million things for the NHL, I have some news with the Bundesliga. Okay. Um, while you were gone for the two weeks on the 4th of July, Bayern Munich claimed DFB Pokal Championship 
What a birthday present for me. Oh, yeah. It was great. And we ended up winning 4-2 over Bayer Leverkusen. Or Leverkusen. I'll say that right. Bayer Leverkusen. And it's the 20th time that Bayern Munich has claimed the DFB Pokal. So, as they've been saying all over the internet, 20 DFB Pokal finals in 2020. So, it's just kind of worked out well for uh, the world of the internet to just make some jokes about that. How about you save some of those for other teams? Yeah. That's all I have to say. And then we got some announcements with one big signing really coming into the Bundesliga, and that was Leroy Son, or Leroy's, yeah, Leroy Son. He was a starting player for Manchester City for the longest time. When Pep Guardiola came in, he still started, but not nearly as many starts as he normally would have. But he's usually rated in one of the top groups of German national players that are in the world of professional soccer. So Bayern Munich went out and spent a pretty penny on him, about 45 million uh, euros. So, so they spent about half of an NHL team's amount of money. Yeah, for one player. Yeah, Absurd. Yeah. Absolutely absurd. Yeah. So um, I guess it being that big of a sport in Europe makes sense. Yeah, and then uh, as well, we had some news with kind of reannouncing the schedule, and we tweeted out a post that I thought was pretty funny related to the fact that there's really no break between the Bundesliga season at right. all, um, especially if you're a team like Red Bull Leipzig or Bayern Munich who still have to play in the Champions League coming up. It's just... It's ridiculous how short the break is going to be. For teams that are already eliminated, it's not so bad. Right. If you're one of those teams that's still playing, it's just going to be really tough, I think, for time players to really recover. You could technically argue that they had a nice break earlier this year. Yeah, they had like a three-month pause, so... Basically, everything just got shuffled around. And, I mean, this is a problem that we're going to be facing with the NHL as well because, again, the Stanley Cup might be running until, like, October 4th. Yeah. That's a normal regular season start date. So what the heck is going to happen there? Yeah. So they announced the uh, schedules, basically, for the DFB Pokal and the beginning of the Bundesliga season. So the first round of the DFB Pokal will be taking place between September 11th and September 14th. So those are going to be the earliest possible games and so the Champions League is ending in the August time period so you know it's it, timetable wise they're not going to really have that much yeah to be exact August 23rd is when the final is so there's a chance that Red Bull Leipzig or Bayern Munich will be all the way out till then mm-hmm. playing and then have less than two weeks to prepare for the normal season for the right. DFB call and then the Bundesliga season itself for the year 20, 2020 and 2021 season that begins on September 18th through the 21st. So it's like, welcome back to the DFB Pokal. You have one game, and then next week you start your full regular season. So, well, two weeks. Um, one week, though, between September 11th and the 14th was what I was trying to say. Oh, okay, so, yeah. Yeah, you have that two-week break if you're in the Champions League final, and then a week between the two starts of the DFB Pokal tournament and the Bundesliga tournament. Yeah. The only saving grace, obviously, the DFB Pokal is you have teams all the way down to the Bundesliga Tier 3 playing these Tier 1 teams, so realistically the star players don't really need to be present for those games right off the bat. Now, there have been upsets in the past in the first and second rounds. I was going to say, you know how I feel about that sort of thinking. I think that if you're expecting a game to just be something that's easy for you to win, don't really have to dial it in, and you can just kind of go with the flow, you're going to lose because what else do these other teams have to do? Because they just have to do their best like normal and have their head in the game, and you're just going to be la-di-da-di-da. 
Well, in reality, too, is there's no preseason to really warm up. So it's going to become a battle for organizations to kind of figure out whether they're going to use it as like a preseason game. So start your starters, play them through maybe the first half, see how it works out, how everybody's health and conditioning is doing. And then let them rest. And then just rotate in some younger guys and let them rest for the second half. And then uh, DFB Super Cup date was also announced since Bayern Munich claimed the first slot in the Bundesliga regular season this year and the DFB Pokal. It automatically goes to whoever the second place team was for the second slot in the regular season. So it will be a Der Klassiker game right off the bat on September 30th. Uh, It will be played in your guys' home stadium. So not that there will probably be any fans in attendance. Probably not. It will be quite the way to fire off the season. The weird thing about the Super Cup this year being it's starting after the normal season. Normally it's played two to three weeks before the regular season schedule's even announced, let alone played. Right, right. So obviously that had to be adjusted because of COVID. So, you know, there's no way if fans or butts around it. But I'm excited to see that start that rivalry start off so early on in the season. It's gonna be chaos here in the house. Someone's gonna end up sleeping on the couch. Yeah. And who knows, maybe by then your jersey will actually be here as a gift that I ordered for her. So I hope my birthday present gets here before <laughs> September, but we'll see. Yeah. It's it's here in Dallas. Just hasn't made it here to us. So, but I think that's about all the news I have for Bundesliga. Unless you have something to add on top of it. No, I just have that. Um, it's soccer news. It's not really Bundesliga. But for the MLS, they had to withdraw now two teams from their tournament because of COVID concerns. You've got us here in FC Dallas with yeah. over. 10 players and staff? Yeah, 10 10 players and an unknown number of staff um, that Mm. tested positive for uh, COVID-19. And then Nashville SC being the other team that also had pretty high test numbers. I don't know the exact statistics for that. Right. Um, Obviously, they're not on our local news like FC Dallas is, so it's not something that magically appeared in front of us. As well, too, there's been delays in some of the games. So there's a game tonight that's been delayed. It was DC United versus some other team, and their tests didn't come back in time for them to play tonight. So their game for the group stage was pushed back to another day. I'm not surprised because testing in general is slower now, so I'm not really surprised that theirs hasn't come in yet. Yeah, and so it's been interesting seeing how the leagues are handling it here in the United States versus the way they are around the world. They're definitely following similar plans to what you see, you know, from the Bundesliga and the Premier League where they're kind of having people controllably live in a more or less bubble. The problem that you have here in the States, whereas you don't have in England or in Germany, is that... We're still hot spots for this because no one in the U.S. knows how to do anything considerate for each other and don't want to wear a mask because it's inconvenient. So it's surging still, whereas you don't have that problem in the other league. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to see what's going to happen after this tournament for the MLS. They really haven't announced any plans to change anything necessarily yet. I know that as partial package ticket holders for FC Dallas, we... We've been getting emails saying like, oh, well, we're planning on opening up and doing this and doing that. But that changes every couple of weeks. Right. Who knows what's actually going to happen with our tickets or in general with the MLS? Yeah, so the MLS doesn't seem to really have a full season plan yet. 
in place, whereas it seemed like in Germany, before they even were ready to come back, they're like, this is how we're going to do everything. Right. Which I think was definitely smarter than, like, getting people's hopes up with this small tournament. Don't get me wrong. Every year they host a tournament like this. It's just never quite controlled by a pandemic, necessarily. Well, and... With us still being a hot spot, we're going to have to take it day by day like we did when this whole thing started. Yeah, definitely is something that uh, a lot of the leagues are going to have to adjust to, that's for sure. When it comes to MLS news, that's pretty much all that's going on right at the moment. Yeah. Really not a whole lot. Well, for the MLB, they've announced their 60-game schedule, and the season is supposed to start July 23rd with 40 games in whichever team's own division and then 20 interleague game, with the final weekend being September 24th through the 27th. But now we sort of have this weird thing where I feel like we don't know enough about who's going to play in order to know that this is all going to work out because you have so many MLB players opting out of the season that I just don't know if they're going to be able to do what they're planning on. So it's it's not a sheer crazy number of players that have actually opted out, but it's big names that have opted out. So you have a 10-year player like Ryan Zimmerman who has been playing for the Nationals for a majority of his career and is a crucial part of the Nationals offense and defense side of the play that's sitting it out and Mike Leak as a starting pitcher and you know Joe Ross who's also one of the better starting pitchers for the Nationals you know a younger star playing and well uh, the Nationals are losing three players right yeah that are opting out of the season yeah And I think they're the ones who are impacted the hardest because most teams only have one or two players who are opting out. Right. And then you have a big name like Ian Desmond from the Rockies who's always been a central piece to their defense and offense on the team. So, And then coming from my side of the south side of Chicago. You have that pitcher, right? Michael Kopich. He's opted out of it. Kopich has dealt over the years with some anxiety issues and things like that. And there's a lot of sports writers that are referencing his anxiety and depression related to COVID is the reason that he is not coming back to play after his surgery. And based on the response from the organization being the White Sox, they basically stated that that's not true at all, that he's just not comfortable with playing in an atmosphere where there's risk of him getting COVID. And so he's basically stapling or uh, placing the bet or hedging the bet that his career will be long term and he doesn't want to take risk of damaging his lungs right as a pitcher breathing is pretty important you know for any of these athletes any of these sports not only do they have to consider the risk to their families and them actually getting sick you have to consider the long-term effects because this virus does permanently affect your lungs Right. And And with athletes, that's one of the most important components of their careers is being able to have that aerobic engine and be able to work hard long term, which you can't when your lungs are damaged. Right. And as somebody who only ever had the lung capacity to be a relief pitcher growing up, it, it takes a lot to be a starting pitcher. And to go six or seven innings throwing a couple hundred pitches at anywhere from 100 miles an hour down to 90 range for off-speed pitches 
it takes a lot out of you to go, 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 go. And most stadiums in the MLB are not domes. So you're you're playing in the elements outside of the heat, you know. Right. So I totally can grasp how the fear of having lung damage could affect your career. Right. You know, it, there's a lot of links with COVID saying that you're lucky if you get back to 80 to 90% of what your normal lung capacity was before and, like, don't get me wrong, athletes are going to have the doctors and the staff to probably get them there. But at the same time, you never know. You know, it's right. not a guarantee. You're still taking that gamble. Well, and with the virus being this late into the game, or whatever you want to call it, it's already at the point where it's mutating. Right. So what we're finding out now is only about the virus as we knew it back in March. Right. Whereas what these people would be experiencing would be a mutation, and who knows what that would look like. So I can understand real concerns, and with the Major League Baseball's intake testing, they yielded 66 positive results out of 3,740 tests. Which, numbers-wise, that doesn't sound so bad, unless you're one of those 66 positive tested. Right. Majority of those were still coming back asymptomatic, so they they weren't necessarily battling COVID, but at the same time, they could spread it to other people who may not be so lucky to get that asymptomatic luck of the draw, as they would say in that instance. Then the last big name, Dodgers pitcher David Price, um, he actually came out on Twitter and made a, a comment about it. The Dodgers and I have decided it is in the best interest of my health and my family's health for me not to play this season. I will miss my teammates and will be cheering for them throughout the season and on to a World Series victory. I'm sorry I won't be playing for you this year. That's a little arrogant. But look forward to representing you next year. Stay safe, be well, and be kind, and go Dodgers. Love David Price. It might have been a little bit of arrogance. The Dodgers, even without David Price, are a loaded roster. So right. there's there's definitely a chance that he would still bring some additionally to the table. He had a long discussion with his family and with the Dodgers organization to make the decision. It wasn't something that was just on out on a limb like hey you know what yeah i just on a limb i'm gonna not come and play so you know is he the one who has a pregnant wife uh i don't know that that's necessarily the case okay it's someone else i'm thinking of and that is part of people's concern is if you have a pregnant wife or if you have children that's something they have to worry about it's not just them and their career that they're thinking about when they make these decisions yeah it, it definitely seems like most of the players that, that are opting out are pitchers and again the argument of the lung capacity thing is a very 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 important yeah. thing you have felix hernandez who's been a multiple Cy Young award winner you have Nick Marquegas being uh, one of the most defensive-minded outfielders that exists in the major leagues. Uh, Hector Noesi for the Pirates, who's a pitcher. And then the last big name is Buster Posey. Uh, Buster Posey has been a staple, literally a staple to the Giants organization. Literally? Yes, he's held that (laughs) team together. And his comment basically was, after weighing it for a long time, talking to doctors... I just feel like in the current state that we are right now, and these babies being as fragile as they are for the next four months, at minimum, this ultimately wasn't that difficult of a decision for me. Mm-hmm. So it, from a baseball standpoint, it was a tough decision. From a family standpoint and feeling like I'm making a decision to protect our children, 
I feel like it was relatively easy. So that's definitely the most like, hey, this was an easy decision for me to just not compete. You know, right, right. and as an athlete, you know, it's not hard for him to admit that it's it's definitely a complicated decision. And it's really sad to see all these guys who have been the competitive workhorses for so many years with these organizations just going, hey, I'm taking one for my family and for my team. You know, I just right. don't want to take the risk. And it makes sense. Definitely. The last thing for the MLB that I found is that they've already set the opening day for 2021 season as April 1st. I don't know if that's a joke, but it seems pretty early to be making that season opener decision. It they are trying to take I think a little bit of the bad press of the way the season started now off. Well, technically it hasn't even started, but yeah. Yeah. The point being, though, is they're they're trying to distract a little bit from it. And the MLB has always been known for announcing schedules early. Definitely not quite announcing them this early. Yeah. Um, but, again, I think it's more to create hope for sports in the future rather than being a situation where it's like we are starting this argument all over again when the season's going to start next year, you know. Obviously, that comes down to the MLB reaching a CBA agreement by next year, which they still have to do. So there's going to be a new collective bargaining agreement made. So realistically, it's it's not out of the woods yet. So, like, right. it, it might have been a little early for them to be announcing next I think, season. I think you're right that they just really want to have some good press and say basically this whole thing right now is messed up but just wait till april right it's not so bad trust us it'll be great come april (laughs) right right for the nba i kind of have something that i want to shake the whole league for and it's that they're complaining about their accommodations and their food and stuff let's get straight not everybody's complaining about there's definitely a lot of players that are and a lot of players that aren't so and i just i want to shake them because If you look at the accommodations that some of the women's NBA players have had to deal with, completely 100% different, night and day. And so I really want to just shake these guys and be like, how about you go live where they've been living? Yeah, in fairness to the NBA players, though, too, the... WNBA is a different organization. Now, the WNBA is the one that chose the living accommodations for their players. Oh, no, I understand. So, you know, they they both have a right to complain. It's just a matter of how much you have the right to complain because the women's NBA team definitely has... They've had to deal with bugs, rat traps, mm, and drains not working. Yeah, non-working and appliances and laundry rooms and just... Like, I understand that the NBA didn't make the decision about where the women's NBA was staying or whatever. Right. My complaint with their complaint is that they're complaining about really stupid crap, whereas women NBA has a lot more of actual things to complain about. Yeah, like, the, the, the biggest complaint out of the NBA is the food, I think, was the big argument point. Like, the first two weeks of being there, it looks like they're going to be eating more or less like airplane quality food right which as athletes i get you're probably on a very strict particular diet and when you're at home you probably have somebody preparing those meals for you yeah and they're not going to be the same quality as airline food and so like i i get the argument as high highly working and overexerting bodies that you have to have and how much calories and all those things aren't being taken into account 
But we are in a unique situation, so you have to do unique things to get through it. And if one of those is to have this crappy food for two weeks until they get the Disney chefs actually making these teams meals, then freaking deal with it. Like, you're a professional athlete, but that doesn't mean that you have to be pampered all the freaking time. Like, get your crap together, do what you have to for two weeks, and just deal with it. Or, you know what, let's just ship you some freaking MREs and see if you have more complaints about the airline food, because that (laughs) stuff tastes like crap. Yeah. Give that a try before you start complaining about your airplane food or whatever. Right. And then as well in the NBA news, teams started reporting to the Disney facility this week. So they've been trickling in over the last two weeks. Um, the Dallas Mavericks traveled as a team. They all arrived together. and That's so cute. They, um, you know, one by one were kind of showing up. And then uh, the Toronto uh, Raptors also made their trip down from mm-hmm. Toronto. Uh, their buses that picked them up, they had them wrapped with Black Lives Matter. And then, like, the Raptor claw, like, tearing through it. And that was really kind of a cool decal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and See, it's small stuff like that. Like, it's just neat to see and, like... You've got it to make just the most. gets you in the spirit. Yeah, you got to make the most of the experience and get the get the teams and and fans hyped up as they can be. You know, the Dallas Mavericks thing came out where they were all on their porches. Yeah, in their the, own wing of the hotel, singing together and having like a little DJ, you know, stuff. And they're a social know, distancing party of sorts. Ex- exactly. So when they got there, they were required to quarantine for so many days, I believe it was like 48 or 72 hours, because they've already been quarantined coming into this. So right, right. Allowing them to practice together and all that. And you're starting to see teams get team-based practices, and they're, they're honestly trying to have as much fun as they can while being as serious as possible. Right. Um, and on the social media side of things and the things that are coming up, it looks a little bit like they're at an NBA summer camp. Yeah, pretty much. You you know, you've got Luka Doncic kicking uh, three-pointers <laughs> and then running around like an absolute goober. And, you know, they, they've got players that are going out fishing together off the docks and stuff like that. And, yeah. And one of them, they, they were trying to act like they were, they were social distancing. They were fishing six feet apart. One of the players who had never gone fishing before was reeling one in. And then the fish literally jumped off the hook as they were pulling it out of the water. Mm-hmm. And the players were like, well. <laughs> so That happens. Yeah. But there, there, it is really like an NBA summer camp, more or less. There was one negative thing uh, to kind of come out, and I don't necessarily blame J.R. Smith, but J.R. Smith is notorious for not causing chaos, but like always kind of doing something against the grain, I guess is the best way to put it. Who is this person? I don't know this So J.R. Smith is notorious for making a very bad decision at the end of a championship game and losing it for his team uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers a number of years ago. But he was recently added to the Lakers roster because they one of the Lakers players decided to opt out of the season. Oh, okay. Not a gigantic name for the roster, but J.R. Smith decided to sign and take the spot. He was a free agent when everything started to fire back up. So, mm-hmm. But J.R. Smith is very social media active. And when I oh, say that, no. he is all over the internet all the time. Oh, no. Um, it got to the point where both the NBA and Disney reached out to him during one of his Instagram live feeds and asked him to stop recording things that he was recording because he was giving away too much information about the current bubble that the NBA was operating. The question um, is, are they upset about him giving away, like, 
trade secrets? Are they upset about him giving away, like, security information? Honestly, nobody knows because the NBA hasn't really made a statement, nor has Disney. It was just more along the lines that J.R. Smith was reached out to. And um, with the help of Instagram, his Instagram Live stream was taken down midstream. So... I mean, I just wonder what sort of secrets Disney and the NBA are trying to... Right, it's not like he's going on rides or anything like that and recording it and trying to broadcast it or something. Like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist ever about anything, but I do wonder what sort of things they think were significant enough that he was sharing that they need to take it down. Right. And J.R. Smith's response was more or less like, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, she's definitely an interesting character. And with the social media presence that he has, you had to expect that he was going to be talking about everything. Like, it's just, everybody's asking him. It's not necessarily him going out and about, like, speaking his mind on it. You know, when you have a following like that and you go on Instagram Live and people start asking questions about the food and the living spaces... What do you expect the man to do but give his opinions on the situation, right. you know? I feel bad for him. At the same time, I'm like, JR, come on, man. You know, maybe you are sharing a little too much. The last bit of news I have, at least, and I, I don't know if you have anything for the NBA. You have more than me. Yeah. So go ahead. For the NBA, they, they start, obviously started the small team practices. They're doing a lot of team-building exercises. You see some of the players, you know, playing cornhole and all sorts of things like that, just mm-hmm. trying to have fun. Um, so. Camp. Like I yeah, said, they're basically in camp. camp, yeah. And so that that's really I guess the the big news. There's really not a lot of major players opting out of the remainder of the season, so it's not quite the MLB status where you're having like the LeBron Jameses, you know, or anything like that in the NBA coming out and going like, Yeah, I'm not gonna play. Um, the last bit of news that I have though for the NBA, truthfully, it came out I think last night or the day before. LeBron James announced that on his jersey, he's not going to put any of the approved messages on his jerseys. So things like the Black Lives Matter, the I Can't Breathe or anything like that, that the NBA is approving. He is taking a little bit of a politician's type stance on it. Like obviously in his social media and things like that, he's still talking about those things. Yeah. He just kind of seems to have a stance that on the court, it's not necessarily necessary, I guess. Which I can kind of see in a can-to-can't. You know, obviously, a lot of the sporting organizations around the world are taking a stance with the Black Lives Matter movement. LeBron is kind of just taking a stance of indifferent, you know, like on the on the court anyways. Well, He kind of I'm, wants to keep it focused, I guess, to the sport itself. I sort of don't like this because when you are well-known and you have an opportunity to use your voice and you don't take it, that's a problem. And standing with the side of indifference, even if it is just on the court, then I think you're basically siding with the oppressors, which is a problem. But at the same time, he's trying to keep it professional and not bring in politics to his sport. So I don't know. I'm sort of on the fence about this. Well, the thing is, he's still very much an active voice on the movement itself. It's just going to be more on his personal Instagram and social media and not necessarily utilizing the sport to be the conversation point. Well, but when that's what you are known for, that's sort of a problem because the people who maybe don't do the social media side of things and they only watch sports through sports media or watching games on TV or whatever, they're not going to know what your actual stance is on this. They're going to think you side with the oppressors and not with the people who are dealing with this trauma. Yeah. 
social media, though, obviously has another level of presence, though, in comparison to what it did in years past so like obviously it it still has a pretty large presence and there's a very very large following of people behind that still like we're talking millions of people that follow lebron on instagram and twitter and things like that so it could just give the wrong impression to people who are outside of that sphere the thing is though the supporters you have to understand too is black lives matter are predominantly of the middle-aged to younger generation and every single one of them is in some form of social media or another. Even if you're on just Facebook, LeBron's things still make it to Facebook, you know? So, and in turn, a lot of news agencies now cover what people are posting on social media as actual news. So I I agree and I disagree, I guess, a little bit to it. I understand the indifference on it for him. He's trying to keep the sport the sport and get the get every fan excited about the season instead of alienating any groups that don't support Black Lives Matter. Well, and in turn also still with his social media handling that accordingly. I got to say, I don't mind alienating people who are against the idea that Black Lives Matter. So, but that's just me being far left again. So, yeah. But for me, that's all the sports news I've got. got one more tidbit for the English Premier League. Obviously, while you were gone as well, the big news, Liverpool with a Manchester City loss clinched the championship. and So there's Man City. Disappointing Man United fans. <laughs> Disappointing every, every fan in the Premier League, let's be honest. Outside of Liverpool, yeah. Uh, Liverpool still has the opportunity to break a lot of records, one of them being most points scored in a season for goals. Uh, so most goals they also have the opportunity for most points as a record for the season to break and then the weird thing that i experienced for the first time in a number of years that i haven't seen was the weird standing of guard the first liverpool game back where the opposing team lines up in two lines and allows the liverpool team to come out because they've already clinched. They've right? already clinched the championship. Yeah. And then the other small bit of news, Norwich City uh, this past weekend became the first team relegated out of the Premier League this year. Yeah. So they're going to be playing with nothing to lose, literally, because they've already lost. Yeah. So. Well, and, you know, it's sort of weird seeing how different leagues are handling the people going down or up because you've got some leagues are not doing any sort of relegation or anything like like that they're just saying it's a draw and then you have others that are going with still doing the whole thing yeah and then the last tidbit of news for all the sports something that we didn't really cover was champions league um we do have the champions league starting back up on august 7th by the looks of it they still have to finish up some of the round of 16 eliminations so you're gonna have juventus facing off uh, against Lyon in Juventus' stadium. Lyon currently leads that aggregate 1-0. That's going to be played on August 7th. It definitely could be an upset for Lyon to beat Juventus in this instance. Juventus was definitely the expected team to win. Lyon obviously has a home goal, so if Juventus scores one goal, it would go to shootout, and if Juventus scores two and Lyon scores none, that's going to wrap it up. So um, if the goal differential is them being up one over yeah. The other team. Yeah, the only way that it would work out in Lyon is if, say, Juventus scored two goals and Lyon scored one, they would win by away goals in that instance. Right. So, um, which is weird, but I guess that's just how soccer works. Right. Right. The next match 
we also have Manchester City facing off against Real Madrid, which definitely leads to be an interesting game. The game was going to be in Manchester. Um, Manchester also leads the aggregate 2-1, to one, so they have two away goals in their favor, which definitely puts the pressure on Real Madrid right. a lot. Um, Real Madrid has had a mediocre season by their standards in their league, so it's definitely a kind of, hey, we need to prove ourselves right now type situation for them. And then you have Bayern Munich facing off against Chelsea. Bayern Munich on the 8th will be playing in Munich, and they currently lead the aggregate three away goals to none. Oh, yeah, you guys are going to win So it's pretty much wrapped up unless Chelsea absolutely explodes and there's no off from Bayern Munich. I mean, I guess it could happen. Chelsea's not that... They're not a sleeper team by any means. They've been playing very well in the Champions League. It's definitely the first rough mark for them this year in the Champions League to lose by that much. And the last game of the round of 16s, you have Barcelona versus Napoli. The interesting part about that is they're tied 1-1 right now. Um, They're going back to Barcelona to play the game. So Napoli has one home goal and Barcelona has one away goal. And it's definitely going to be an interesting match. Both teams are pretty evenly matched. Napoli's playing really, really well this year, and Barcelona also the same. So it's going to be exciting to see what comes of that. Then we also got the quarterfinal schedule, which I think is the big announcement from the Champions League. They announced their remaining schedule for the year. You see in August 12th, you have Atalantia playing PSG, and it really hurt me trying to say not say Atlanta as many times as I've read this through practicing mm-hmm. it, but it's Atalanta playing PSG on August 12th. Then you have Red Bull Leishpeg playing Atletico Madrid August 13th. The winner of the Napoli-Barcelona game will play the winner of Bayern Munich-Chelsea on August 14th. The winner of the Man City-Real Madrid versus the winner of Lyon and Juventus will play each other on August 15th. All these games are going to be held in Portugal, predominantly around the Lisbon area. So they're setting up their own bubble for the elimination game. So the actual quarterfinals, semifinals, and final match will all be in Portugal. Um, The reason being Portugal handled it probably the best for COVID. Uh, Okay. As well, too, they have multiple major sporting teams in the city, so they can play at two separate stadiums, so they don't have to play back-to-back games necessarily on certain days. And then the semifinals will be held on August 18th and 19th, obviously, depending on who wins from which group. And then the Champions League final being stretched all the way out to August 23rd. I was choking with my boss, maybe I'll take you know, the 23rd, the 24th, and the 25th off for my birthday just so I can watch this final game. Just because it... A lot of the pundits are saying Bayern Munich has a strong chance of making the finals and winning the finals as it is right now. Well, I think you're doing what a lot of Bayern Munich fans are doing, which is automatically assuming you're going to win everything all the way to the end. I'm, I don't know that that's true. I'm hoping they do. I don't expect them to because I feel like, kind of like your captain for the Penguins, I'm a little superstitious. I don't want to be like, yeah, we're going to win the trouble mm-hmm. because the odds of it happening are still really slim. There's still a lot of games to be played, injuries that could occur, obviously. So you don't really know how everything's going to break down. For all I know, Chelsea could just bowl over us and score four goals away in you know Munich and win it all so you know it's it's definitely rough that's for sure yeah but I think that's all the news I have I've hidden the weird news to the back and let you run the front of it so yeah we will have the book news and other information on the Thursday episode so make sure you check us out on all the social media for the latest updates and thank you for listening bye guys bye